I just want to give a little context to what we're going to do next. We do this uh, at least once a year because it's a part of who we are. And uh, maybe you're new and uh, maybe you don't understand how we're connected and what the Church of the Nazarene is. But it's a, it's a, a group of churches and believers that are like-minded that realize that we are better together, more efficient, more powerful together than we ever would be separately. And so... Uh, the Church of the Nazarene in North America alone consists of f- over 5,000 churches, let alone the world international. And what we do is we, we pool our resources together. And so this church, for years and years and years, has had a dedicated commitment to giving 10 cents of every dollar that comes in. Over 10% we send away because we believe that what the kingdom is, what the church is about, is fulfilling the great commission of Jesus. To go into all the world, right? And to spread the gospel. And I don't know about you, but I, I, don't, I haven't been called maybe yet to go to uh, Russia or Africa or China or to the ends of the earth. And yet, there are people that God is specifically calling to do that. And we pool our resources together to empower and enable them to do that. And so we are a global church. We are, global, or we are locally involved in hoping to see the kingdom come into Henry County, right? Through all that we do. But we are a global church where we pool together with many other churches. And through those resources, send missionaries. The Church of the Nazarene has about 700 full-time missionaries it sends out. 700 missionaries across the globe. The Church of the Nazarene is aggressive in this approach, always have been, through many different kinds of ministries, but at the heart of it is full-time missionaries who go into a place and do their best to share the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ. To then empower and strengthen those people to share the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today we just uh, we take a pause on our regular routine. Uh, we take a pause from a sermon series. We just allow our hearts and minds to be filled with what God is doing beyond us. But through us, right? As we have given and as we give and God uses these things in powerful ways. $65 million uh, is given to missions in the Church of the Nazarene and, and beyond. I mean, I, I was reading all these stats. 12,000 people last year uh, were involved in mission work. Some of you are included in that on a mission trip, a short-term mission trip, or uh, a work and witness trip. Um, it's amazing what God is doing. And so we just want to take a pause from our lives and allow our hearts and minds over the next 25, 30 minutes to just sit and see what God is doing and how we're a part of that and to continue to challenge us to see that God is always using us. I like what the ASCU said. uh, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And so... Uh, this is a really cool thing for us to be able to do this. It's good for our hearts and our minds. And um, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to invite uh, the Askews to the stage this morning. Would you give them a Napoleon welcome as they come forward?
Well, as Pastor Chip mentioned, my name is Michael Askew, and uh, on behalf of myself and my family, we are thrilled to be with you here today. You can see a picture of our family on the screen, Uh, my wife, beautiful wife, Jamie, uh, our oldest daughter, Katie, uh, then going down, Caitlin, Kennedy, Kylie Rose, and Kanan, and uh, we are just so blessed to be with you. And I want to say, on behalf of World Missions for the Church of the Nazarene, I want to say thank you. Uh, As Pastor Chip mentioned, you guys give on a regular basis to support what God is doing around the world. The sun never sets on the Church of the Nazarene, and that's true, uh, that that the Church of the Nazarene is a global entity. Uh, The kingdom of God is being advanced through the church, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you for your giving. Uh, We are your missionaries Uh, And we are currently uh, working witness coordinators in the Dominican Republic. We're back for three months conducting deputation services. And we'll talk a little bit more toward the end about that. But basically, as global missionaries, um, what you give supports us and many other missionaries around the world and a lot of ministries that God is uh, moving in powerfully and so our base salary comes from uh, that, that world evangelism fund that, that uh, comes from the Church of the Nazarene. But we conduct deputation, uh, number one, to inform, let you know what God is doing, uh, but also to help with other costs, uh, what we call extras, so things like travel. Uh, as a work and witness coordinator, I do quite a bit of traveling. And so when we conduct uh, services like this, uh, we raise funds and awareness. Uh, that helps pay for travel, helps pay for language study. We're working on learning Spanish. I had two years of high school Spanish, but I was horrible. Um, so please pray for me that God would touch my, my mind and my mouth, uh, that I'd be able to learn Spanish. Uh, things like furniture in our home. Deputation helps pay for all of these things, education for our kids. And so we are honored to be here with you today. And uh, today I want to remind you of one simple thing, something you already know. It's not going to be revolutionary or new. And I want to remind you today that God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne. And that may seem like a very simple statement today. Uh, But in the midst of all of the the questions and the concerns, in the midst of the the health issues, in the midst of the wars and rumors of wars, in the midst of all of the questions going on around us, and if you took one look at the news this week, you are filled with some concern and questions. In the midst of all of that, could I remind you that God is still in control? He hasn't left his place of authority and his kingdom is moving forward in powerful ways uh, through the church, the global church that extends beyond the Church of the Nazarene, but especially through the Church of the Nazarene. You see, we were originally stationed to Haiti. Uh, In August of last year, we went to Haiti as work and witness coordinators, and we left behind, uh, sold off most of our possessions, and we put together 12 check-in size luggage pieces, uh, tote, plastic totes, and that's what we took as a family of six down to Haiti, and we were blown away by the church in Haiti. Uh, God is doing some exciting things. The Haitian Christians are such a, a powerful group of Christians, and uh, they have experienced great challenges. 
Uh, in 2010, there was a massive earthquake. Some estimates, now this number is hard to wrap our minds around, but, but some estimates put the loss of life around 300,000 people, both the earthquake and the, and the subsequent uh, uh, health issues and crisis. Uh, what, is, what is very sad about that is that the human traffickers were, were first on scene. Um, they were there before any of the aid organizations uh, to take advantage of that devastating situation. And yet the church of the Nazarene grew. Um, and very often, uh, you know, Hurricane Matthew a few years later devastated the island as well. Um, very often the church of the Nazarene is there. Uh, it's there to love. Uh, in, our, in our denomination, uh, from the very outset, from the very beginning, it was focused on loving people uh, just sacrificially. Loving with those, those basic health issues. The Church of Nazarene in Haiti has a lot of wells uh, providing water and then transitioning into living water. And uh, it is just such an amazing thing to be a part uh, of what God is doing there. Uh, of course, we were stationed there for two months. We were there for about three days and then uh, the nation experienced um, a, a massive turmoil. Uh, there were protests every single day. Uh, tires burning in the streets, buildings burning, um, individuals that were protesting, were protesting the government. Uh, annual average income in Haiti, now please don't miss this, average annual yearly income in Haiti is about $350 a year. Um, and out of that poverty, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, out of that poverty, millions of dollars that were supposed to go to the people of Haiti and infrastructure disappeared. Uh, in the pockets of politicians. And the people were protesting this and many other egregious um, acts by the government. And that protest continues today, unfortunately. Um, two months, we were there for two months, and for the ma majority of that time, we were locked down on the Nazarene campus there. Um, we could look over the walls uh, into the, the city down the hill and see numerous deep black uh, smoke, uh, fires burning throughout the nation uh, of Haiti and Port-au-Prince particularly, um, attempting to, to cut off uh, easy flow of transportation throughout the nation, protesting, trying to, trying to reach real change. Um, and that, that chaos um, extended throughout the nation while we were there. Uh, there were a few days that were safe enough to get out, and in most of those times we were driving over burned out tires uh, or around, around piles of rubble. Um, and what we found was even in the midst of all of these challenges that God was in control. Um, as a man, not all men, but most men, many men want to be in control. Uh, for me, I want to see an issue and I want to fix it. Uh, I see a problem, I want to jump in with both hands, and I want to I solve that problem. Uh, but from the very outset, from the very first moments in Haiti, I realized that I was not in control. Now, we did a lot of prayer. Uh, in order to take our family to Haiti, God made it abundantly clear. Uh, every ministry we've ever gone into, God gives us at least one passage of promise. In this case, he gave us... Pages of promises reassuring us that that was where he wanted us for the time. And as, 
we came to the, the willingness to go, to simply say, yes, okay, we're going to take our family to Haiti. Uh, we were given a peace that passes understanding. Um, this is a peace that we've experienced before. Uh, our first child was a little boy. He passed away um, and was stillborn. And I remember the anguish and the sorrow of holding him and crying out to God and, and wondering why and, and realizing even in the midst of that deep pain, some of you have experienced pain of loss, many of you, even in the midst of that deep pain, God is right there. He is present. He is powerful. He is bringing peace. And he is that good shepherd who leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. And that was the peace that we experienced in Haiti. Uh, we got to Haiti in what should have been a 20-minute drive to the seminary campus. Turned out to be about two and a half, three hours. There was a fuel shortage. And so we would go a little ways and then there would be a, a line both both sides of traffic would be shut down waiting to get in and get a little bit of fuel. And we go the other way and it was locked down because there was another gas station. And people heard that there was fuel and so they would just swarm. Um, and in the midst of that, uh, I was reminded, even though, um, even though I'd taken multiple forms of martial arts, even though I'd taken weapons classes, even though I had done everything that I could to protect my family, we come to points in our life where things are out of our hands, situations are out of our control, and ultimately we trust that God is in control. I want to read you a passage today, one that you may recognize, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says that men plan their way, but God orders their steps. And it's okay to plan. Don't, don't get me wrong today. It's important to, to, to be prepared, to, to get ready, to do everything we can to, to be ready for situations in life. But ultimately, God is in control. And he is a, a wonderful planner. His plans go far beyond anything we could ever imagine. And what we have found in Haiti is that even in the midst of all of these challenges, even in the midst of all these problems, the, the lack of, of security, the lack of health care, uh, the lack of finances, the church is moving forward. For instance, in the past few years, the Church of the Nazarene has organized 75 new churches in the past few years. And there's another 85 churches that are in the process of being organized. You see, it's not about how much money we have. It's not about the security of government. Many of these Christians take the li their lives in their hands every morning that they go to church. Our staff very often had to stay home or, or when they did come, they were passing burning, uh, burning buildings and, and burning tires. They were taking their life in their hands. But ultimately... They were trusting in the name of Jesus Christ. Another 85 churches that are in the process, moving forward, getting to the point of being organized. You see, not even the gates of hell will stand against the move of Jesus Christ. God is on the move. God is doing exciting things. And, and in Haiti, he is using beautiful, beautiful Christians, people that have a solid faith. They've been through these challenges. They've been through these storms, literally and figuratively. They've experienced the earth moving and, and casting mountains into the sea, and yet they place their faith squarely on the only one who never 
changes, and that is Jesus Christ. Friends, everything around us will change. Your plans, my plans. I, I never thought that I would be on this journey. I never knew where this journey would take me, and yet God ordered my steps. And God is in control today. We were there for about two months, as I mentioned, locked down. Um, and at the, the end of those two months, we received a call that uh, uh, we were going to be transferred to the other side of the island, a different nation, the Dominican Republic. Um, we were going from Creole speaking to Spanish speaking. Uh, we were going from one culture that, that in many ways derived from the African cultures to a Latino culture. Um, everything was different. Everything was about to change. We had about five days to go from 12 totes down to six totes um, because the plane we were leaving on wasn't big enough for our, all of our belongings, and many of them are still in Haiti. Um, and in the midst of all of those challenges, we were reminded that God was still in control. He had the path laid out for us. In just a moment, Jamie is going to come and talk to you a little bit uh, about what it's like, these experiences as a wife and a mother. Uh, but today, as, as we prepared for this service, um, I felt like there were some people, maybe, maybe just one or two, just some individuals that, that needed to be reminded in the midst of all of the questions of life, in the midst of all of the uncertainty and all the changes that are taking place around us, in the midst of all of that. May I remind you today that God is not surprised and God is still in control. Jamie's going to come and share with you just a little bit and uh, I'll be back up in just a moment. Well, Jamie and maybe Canaan as well. We'll see how this goes. I'll have to go with that. It's so good to be with you. Can you hear me okay? All right. Well, he's going to join me up here. How does that sound? All right, this is my son, Canaan. It's so good to be with you all. Thank you. We enjoyed the first service, enjoyed getting to know some of you, and it's so nice to be with you. And can I say it's a wonderful walk with Jesus. If you are a Christian here today, if you know Jesus as your Savior, it's a good walk, right? Sometimes we face hard times. Sometimes we go through those valleys, but he's still a great shepherd, isn't he? He said he leads us through those valleys. And the Holy Spirit must be leading both of us because that's the verse that um, God impressed on my heart was walking with the Lord and trusting in his plan. And when I was little, I never knew that God would be leading me on a journey like this and that the plans that I thought would happen and take place weren't the plans at all that God had for me. And he has been faithful this whole time. And I'm going to let this little man come down with his daddy. Thank you for coming up. We go to a different church every Sunday, and he gets to experience new faces every Sunday. So we ask for your prayers as well. Uh, Mike's already mentioned we've had a lot of transition take place in our lives. I want to share a verse with you. Isaiah, in Isaiah, I believe it's 43, Jesus said, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. That's the verse, that one of the many verses that God laid on my heart before we left for Haiti. He kept saying, Jamie, you're not going to be burned. Your family's not going to be burned. And he impressed it so heavily on my heart before we left 
that I even wondered if the house we were living in was going to burn down and we were all going to make it out alive or something because he kept telling me, you're not going to be burned. And I never understood it fully until we got to Haiti. And there was so much burning that took place. We could see it out from our house, the burning of the tires. In fact, when we left the day we got on the airplane to move to the Dominican Republic, we saw burning out the window. Every time I went to the grocery store when it was somewhat safe to go, the Holy Spirit would speak to my heart and he'd say, Jamie, you're not going to be burned. I'm going to take care of you. And that's the kind of God that we serve, right? That's that same shepherd that goes before us and he prepares the way. As a mom, as a dad, wife, husband and wife, we had to know for sure that this was God's plan for our life. And he said, do this. I'm going to be with you. You don't have to worry about anything. And he was. Shortly before we even knew that we were moving to the Dominican Republic, God began to stir in our hearts and say something different is going to happen. We tried to do what we could in Haiti. Um, the, the Haitians, wow, they made a huge impression on our lives. Um, they are a people of strong faith. They may not have a lot, materially speaking, but they are people that love the Lord, and they're people that trust in the Lord, and they're people that know that this treasure down deep inside of them is what matters most in life. There are people about eternity and what matters most. We were very impressed. Um, they made a huge impression on us. One night, Mike and I were doing our devotions together, and I had like this Bible app thing and anyway it was a couple's devotion and so the verses were different every night and this night it was talking about in the old testament how god was leading the children of israel in the desert remember those stories sometimes he'd lead through fire so many, many different ways this time he was leading through a cloud and the cloud would rest i believe it was on the tent of meeting if i remember right and so they knew it was time to stay in camp, stay in that place if the cloud was there. But if God lifted the cloud, that meant it was time to pack up and go. Sometimes that cloud stayed there a year, sometimes six months, a month, a week, sometimes one night, and they had to get ready to go the next day. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Jamie, it might be fast. Within one or two days of that, we got the phone call. You need to pack up and move, your family's moving over to the other side of the island to the Dominican Republic. It was fast, believe me. Uh, we had also acquired two dogs while we were there. Um, the Lord provided a home for them. And then we condensed our life, as Mike said, down to six suitcase-sized totes. It was such a fast transition. I was even trying to think in my mind, oh my goodness. I mean, if if you cook at all or if you have a family, you just have to think, do I need my pots and pans? Do I have, are there sheets for the beds? Are there going to be beds? Uh, what, what are we going to bring? What do we not bring? What do we leave behind? What's really necessary? And I remember that morning waking up, we had six totes, we had six in our family, and we were going on this road that had been very dangerous before. There had been a lot of rioting, and we had churches praying for us. And, you know, it could have really been a bad thing for our family, but the peace of God that passes all understanding was with us. And we had such a peace. And that morning, you could count probably on one hand how many people were on that street because it was just totally quiet and peaceful. We got to the airport safely. We got in the airplane. Everything was in Spanish now. Tiny airplane, just a few of us. And I remember thinking, I wonder if this is how Abraham felt 
right? When God said, leave everything you know. We'd already done that one time, okay? But now he says, do it again and take less. Leave everything you know and go. Go to this place I'm going to show you, right? And, but then he says, don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you. And that's the peace that we had. I ask you this question. Is there anything in your life that is more important to you than God is? I hope not. We could have tried, and we did try to place some important things in our totes, and it's okay if we have important things in our lives. We should, right? But there shouldn't be anything that's more important than God, right? He says, empty. He says, lose your life. Lose your life in me, because when you do that, that's when you're you're going to have true life. Lose your life in me, and then you're going to find it, right? And that's how it was. I remember as Mike was talking, um, this isn't on script or anything, but when we lost our son, his name was Toby, and we didn't know at the time that meant God is good. And um, I remember when we lost him, it felt like we had lost everything. We had a plan, talking about plans. We had a plan. We'd gotten married. We graduated from Bible college, did all these things, had a plan to be missionaries, have a family, and it was boom, blown up, right? Have you ever had anything like that happen where your plans just totally knocked out of the water? But you know what? God was with us. He was with us. His Holy Spirit and his presence were so powerful that everything else in life seemed small. He became my true joy during that time. And I just encourage you. Maybe, I don't know, I don't know you that well, but maybe there's somebody that's going through a hard time. Um, I just want to encourage you, say yes to Jesus. It's worth it. We're going to face hard times, whether you're a Christian or not. You're going to face hard times, right? But saying yes to Jesus is the most important thing in your life because really it's eternity that matters the most. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, which is what you're doing, the kingdom, right? You're encouraging each other. You're here. You're meeting in community. You're shining that light out to other people. I hear about what you're doing in your community. Seek that first in your life. Get involved in the kingdom, right, in kingdom growth. Seek that first. Seek that right relationship with the Lord. Don't let anything be more important than Jesus. It's not worth it. And then what does God do? He says, all these things are going to be added to you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to lead you. And we just want to say as your missionaries, thank you. Thank you for praying for us. This district, actually, the Northwest Ohio District is who we are linked with. We're called your links missionaries. So we are linked with you. You are linked with us. And we just encourage you to continue on the path the Lord has you on, to continue to say yes. It's worth it. I'm going to turn it over to my husband. We have a few cards that we'd like to, to pass out to you today, and we have some volunteers that are going to do that. Uh, the first one you're going to receive uh, is one with our picture on it, and this is just our prayer card, some information on the back, uh, but just our prayer card, we would just covet your prayers. Uh, the end of March will mark a full year of transition for our family, uh, 12 months in which 
we have been in some form of transition, whether that be preparation, travel, uh, moving, um, lockdown, all those kinds of things, uh, a full year for our family. And so, as you know, that can take a toll, and uh, we would appreciate your prayers for us as we continue to travel around through March. Uh, then we'll be heading back to the Dominican Republic, and I'll talk to you just a little bit about that in a moment. Uh, but um, then in November, we're going to reassess Haiti. We're going to see where it's at, um, figure out how the nation is doing as a whole, and uh, then there's a possibility that we would go back to Haiti uh, at that point. So the first one um, is our prayer card. Second card is one that we're going to get back at the end of service. And if you'd like to partner with us, if you'd like to keep up with our family, uh, keep up with what God is doing through us in ministry, uh, the top portion for your name, uh, if you want to be on our newsletter. Uh, then the bottom portion is for uh, partnering with us in prayer. Uh, as I mentioned, as global missionaries, when you give, uh, when you give to the World Evangelism Fund, which is just the term that we use uh, to, sh to kind of denote uh, what we use the funds for, which is basically when you give, you are helping to spread the good news of the gospel through ministries, uh, through missionaries. That pays our base salary, um, but then uh, all of the, the quote, extras, uh, airfare, uh, language study, education for our kids, furniture for the home, all those things fall in that extras category. Um, and that's why one of the reasons we conduct deputation services uh, to help cover those things. Um, and so if you'd like to partner with us, uh, please just let us know. We're going to get these cards back uh, toward the end of service. Um, and we just appreciate it. If you can't give at this time, please don't feel bad about that. Uh, our our desire is that you pray for us, and we appreciate that. One of the themes that Jamie and I have carried throughout this service is simply that idea that God is in control. Uh, we make our plans, and again, that's, that's okay, um, but God orders our steps. Uh, and in the midst of what you might be experiencing, uh, you might be at a really good place in your Christian walk. Uh, maybe you are at a place of chaos, uh, and you're looking around at the world, maybe you're looking around at your smaller sphere, uh, your world, and you are experiencing chaos today, could I remind you that God has not left you, uh, he's not walked away, he's not watching uh, from 10,000 feet seeing what you're going to do. The good shepherd is walking with you every step of the way. Um, and when you yield to Christ, when you simply say yes to him, uh, his plan for your life is so beautiful. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. You've heard about it. Uh, maybe you've attended this church for a while. Maybe you've attended this church your whole life and you've never fully committed to him. You've never yielded to him. You've never recognized the sin in your life and the Savior who can change everything. Uh, I, we were church planters on a small island called Pompeii, and I was in that process, I was discipling a local leader, and we walked up through the jungle of this small Pacific island to a waterfall where we were going to conduct our, our discipleship for the day, and we came across a metal shack, um, maybe 10 pieces of metal nailed together in order to, 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 to be a, somewhat of a home. 
And on a bed in that shack was a, was a gentleman who, by all accounts, looked like he was about to pass away. And we conducted our Bible study, I in English, and, and my friend who I was discipling would translate to Pompeian. Toward the end of that, that Bible study, I felt God's nudge to share the good news of the gospel. And as I started to do that, my friend said, oh no, Pastor Mike, you don't have to do that. <clears throat> this man has been a pastor all of his life in the local church. Now, it wasn't Nazarene, but just a local denomination on the island. Um, and as he said that, I felt the Holy Spirit continue to nudge me forward, and, and I said, no, continue to translate. We shared the gospel, and toward the end, when I offered the opportunity to be saved, he, he accepted that offer, and, and we prayed together, and he accepted Christ into his life. Had been a pastor all his life and, and was saved at that moment. And afterwards, through interpretation, he said, that's the first time I've ever heard the gospel. The first time. Friends, you may have attended here all of your life. And yet you've never yielded completely to Christ. Today is the day for salvation, friends. Don't put it off till tomorrow. One of the youth in the church that I pastored for six and a half years in Kirksville, Missouri, uh, injured himself seriously yesterday, is in critical condition, 16 years old, um, injured his neck. I, I, I haven't heard an update. I don't know where he's at right now physically. We don't know the day or the time. I don't say that to, to scare you, but I say that to bring you to a moment of realization that we are not guaranteed the next breath. We're not guaranteed the next sunrise. We have today. And today, Christ is calling out with arms open, full of love, full of hope. If you're in the midst of crisis and you don't have him as your savior, you're probably looking for something today. Friends, there is hope in Christ alone. There is salvation through the name of Jesus Christ. And he brings hope and he brings peace. I'm going to pray. Um, Join me in prayer today. God, as we come before you, we recognize that we are all at different stages in this life. God, for those in this sanctuary today who are Christians, they're saved, but they're, they're experiencing the crises of life. God, I pray that you would just strengthen them, uplift them. Uh, may they mount up with wings like eagles. May they trust in you. May they lean into you, Christ, today. Maybe they experience loss. Maybe they've experienced concerns and questions. Maybe, maybe they're experiencing the, the addictive sins that sometimes plague us. God, today I pray that you would just break those chains. I pray that you would free them. I pray that you would encourage them. God, may they recognize that you are the good shepherd who walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't leave us alone. Encourage my brothers and sisters today. God, if there's anybody here today that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray today that they would cry out to you for salvation. God, that they would recognize that today is the day for salvation. That they would recognize that you are the only place for real hope, lasting hope, eternal hope, and real peace. God, may they recognize that Christ, you are the only way to the Father. Would they just confess their sins to you today? May they ask you to come into their life, to be the king of their life, to be the most important thing to them. Oh God, I pray that they would just 
that they would just commit to being a Christian today, to serving you, to loving you, to being loved by you. Dear God, I pray for salvations today. May your Holy Spirit move in a powerful way. Continue through the remainder of this service, we ask. Amen. Amen. The ushers are going to pick up these, these white cards. Um, we're also going to be back by the, uh, the table uh, when we're all done. Uh, before we finish, uh, we also have an uh, a, uh, item that is basically next steps. Uh, so if you feel maybe today through our, uh, through our presentation or maybe something that you've heard throughout the weeks or months or maybe your pastor, something he said, maybe you feel pulled to ministry, uh, we have a pamphlet we'd love to hand to you. Church of Nazarene is interested in knowing who you are, in giving you next steps, in, in providing your training. Um, the church is making great strides. When we first started... As volunteer missionaries, uh, they did a good job, but they are doing an amazing job now. They have uh, new people on staff in Kansas City. They have a new uh, administration that is focusing on identifying people who are called and equipping them for that call. Uh, let us know. We'd love to get you one of those, uh, one of those pamphlets. Uh, let your pastor know because I know you guys are big on discipleship. Uh, I was blessed to sit with your pastor for a few minutes this morning and hear about what God is doing through your church in this community. I'm excited. Uh, maybe you haven't plugged in yet. Could I encourage you, find out what gifts God has given you and find out how you can use those gifts in your local church. God will bless you immensely for that. Let us know after service if you're called to missions and we would love to follow up with you and give you some next steps. Again, thank you so much for, for allowing us to speak to you today. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Chip. I'll tell you what, I love these, these Sundays because so often, for me personally, it just continues to inform my perspective about what God's doing. And again, it always challenges my heart that God is using all of us or desires to use all of us. And so can we just say thank you to Michael and Jamie being here again? Thank you so much. Hey, uh, this is a good resource. We had some teenage, uh, teenagers picking this up after first service. And that just like is incredible to me to, to know that God's speaking to them. And they're open if God wants to do this. And so uh, this is back there. It's a, it's a really, really cool tool. And so thank you again. Let's stand and uh, just dismiss in prayer. I just encourage you to say hi to them at the back table, encourage them, and, and we're going to keep praying for them uh, from here. But it puts faces with names, and these things just enlarge our heart to what God is doing. And so thank you guys for coming. Father, thank you so much for your faithful Holy Spirit. We're reminded again as we've listened to Michael and Jamie talk about how faithful you are that that's the way you are for all of us, because that's who you are. And Lord, you uh, have placed on each one of our lives a, a circle of influence, relationships that we have, that you then use to help people understand how much you love them, how much you care, and that you are a personal God who has provided an opportunity for their salvation. 
So, Lord, help us to continue to understand how you want to use us. Lord, we pray for Michael and Jamie and the kids. Lord, would you just keep your hand on them? Would you continue to bless them, Lord? And we know as you have brought them faithfully to this point, you're going to faithfully lead them through, uh, whether it's back to Haiti or staying in the DR a little bit longer. We know you're going to use them. And so we just pray over them and believe great things that you're going to do through their lives. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We pray for a great week full of your presence.